Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. It's time for the Happy Half Hour with your friends Kristen Balboni, Miles Simmons, and Will Bryan. That's right. It's that time of the week. Kristen, Miles, and Will here with you for the Happy Half Hour podcast. Miles, fresh off a virtual presser with Coach Rule. How are you doing today? I'm doing all right. I'm also glad that the rain has stopped because it was kind of torrentially downpouring during that uh, rule virtual presser, and my power like flickered on and off just before oh. it started too. So like that was it was it was a scary moment, but we made it through. <laughs> that is that is scary. I haven't lost any. I've lost power twice this summer since moving to Charlotte, but I have not lost it during a weekday. So that's. Definitely a fear of like, what if I have something scheduled? What do I do? Uh, Will, how are you? I'm good. It's funny. I was in the same boat. My power also, I'm literally like four blocks down the street from miles. And there was one like really, really bad thunderclap, like during one of rules answers that like knocked everything off and I had no idea what was going on. Uh, so yeah, that was something always fun, right? <laughs> well, look, if you live uh, as far away from the city center as I do, you don't have to worry about something like that. I'm sure I'm going to get it in like 20 minutes. <laughs> you guys tease me about, you know, uh, I, I chose to live a little bit further outside of the action than you guys did. So that's the one time that I get to brag just a slight bit that at least my power didn't go out during the, the press conference or almost go out. Well, hey, what action is there? We're still all basically in quarantine. That's true. Uh, so I just mentioned um, Coach Rule's press conference. He spoke with the media via Zoom a little bit earlier today. Uh, so in that vein, let's talk about what's going on with the Panthers, where we all are uh, now since the last time that we spoke. Miles, do you want to do the honor and fill us in on the latest? Sure. Well, at this point, the rookies have reported, the veterans have started their testing process. So basically, it's the same as what the rookies were doing last week. They have to continue to get negative tests before they can then be allowed in the building. And so what I thought was actually kind of interesting uh, was what Matt Rule was talking about today, and that's the preparations that have gone into making Bank of America Stadium very safe um, as an environment for these players. So what he was talking about is how they basically have made it so that every player is going to have a suite so that they can still do virtual meetings, but they will all be on site. Now, you have, uh, he said that there are two 
um, outdoor weight rooms so that they can sort of take advantage of that space. You're, you're going to have players, you know, doing their strength and conditioning work on the field, and that's also going to be outdoor. They've taken down walls in the building in order to expand things. They've converted different rooms, like the media room is not the media room. It's an auxiliary room for these different places. So they've done a lot in order to prepare for players to come in and have as safe an environment as possible when they're trying to get a football season off during a pandemic. And frankly, it's going to be a tough task for 32 teams to try to pull this off. But as it stands right now, it seems like the Panthers are in as good a position as you can be in order to try and do it. I think the, the irony of all this is as we talk about uh, the future of, you know, going down to Rock Hill and building this, you know, great practice and, you know, headquarter facility down there that right now in 2020, the Panthers probably have the largest headquarter facility of any NFL team and that they have an entire stadium with all the floors available to them. Um, so I, I think it's, it's, it's kind of ironic the way that works. You know, some teams that might have a much smaller physical footprint uh, where their headquarters are, you know, the Panthers are taking over all of these suite levels, all of this, this lower level area, you know, creating all these private rooms and meeting areas. Um, so that's actually pretty cool. Uh, I think, and I think the thing that miles that I, I thought was interesting was like the contact tracing stuff. So they're wearing these, um, these pieces of tech where if you're next to somebody else within six feet, uh, it'll kind of like flash red. Um, and then it'll like tell you if you've been within six feet of that person for up to 10 minutes, cause that's, uh, kind of medically, you know, when it really becomes a problem. So, uh, and, and they can find out like who you've been close to, you know, in case someone uh, uh, tests positive, they can see who they were, they were near uh, at a certain point in time. So I, I think that was a really interesting tech piece as well. Yeah, those contact tracers are really important, uh, I think, throughout the entire NFL right now because um, it's not just the Panthers that are using those. All 32 teams are using those, and they're basically being given to people who are in the Tier 1 and the Tier 2 status so that you can be in the facility but still socially distance within the facility as much as possible. And then as you're saying, well, you know, if you're on the field, if you're practicing, you're doing whatever you need to do, and you're a player or you're a coach, you know who you've been around for a long time because of those contact tracers. So so it is really interesting. And I think, you know, to your point of the the Panthers having all of this space that they can utilize, you know, in other teams that I've covered, the Rams, the Rams do not have that luxury at all. I mean, even though they built this big, beautiful stadium down in Inglewood, their practice facility is substantially far away from that in Thousand Oaks. I don't know how many people are familiar with the Los Angeles area, but they're basically... Uh, uh, two uh, module trailers, if you will. It's a, a series of a couple buildings with a bunch of module trailers, and they've had to reconfigure that. There was an NFL Network feature on this in order to make it available for players to kind of socially distance there. So it's one of those California indoor-outdoor spaces basically anyway, but it's not a big facility, and they've had to convert you know what used to be the media room into an auxiliary locker room so that players can spread out. So it's going to be very different for a team like that which does not have the luxury of being able to put players in a suite but instead is putting a tent in the parking lot so that players can maybe meet outside um, it's just going to be very different from team to team based on what kind of facility you have that's such a, a great point that both of you are are bringing up how uh, ironically it really does benefit the panthers with all of this space you know i have been um to bank of america recently just for a little while um and it, you can really see 
it's just amazing. The, the red lines, you know, Coach Rule talked about this in the press conference earlier today, but he was just saying how impressed he is with everything that has happened. You mentioned the contact tracers. You mentioned the renovations. Well, it's incredible. I mean, it really is incredible, and it looks so well run. I didn't come into contact with anyone, you know, and, and not having that tier one or tier two clearance, that's what's important. And um, you can see where things are are barricaded off and blockaded off and the fact that each of the players has their own suites and everyone can can be together but still be safe uh, is just it's absolutely amazing and I've just been so impressed with with our crew and how quickly all of it has come together guys I can't even imagine trying to to pull this off in such a short period of time um, but speaking of of the press conference and the stuff that coach rule was saying as I said he spent a lot of time on on the processes that are going on, but he also had plenty of other things to say. Miles, what are some of your biggest takeaways? What is something that stuck out to you that he talked about today? Well, I thought there was obviously a lot about how uh, the Panthers are setting themselves up to be successful in terms of keeping everybody, um, in terms of keeping the health and safety of everybody a priority. But I also thought it was interesting how he even discussed not having preseason games and how he's used to that because that could be something that really affects different players. I think when we think of preseason games, we think of these young guys, you know, the, the undrafted free agents who don't necessarily have that many opportunities to impress. So he was talking about how, look, being a college coach, A, there weren't preseason games then, so that's something that he's used to, creating those competitive environments within practice. But also he talked about how, he wants to be able to make the Panthers a developmental place for young players that can go from the practice squad to consistent starter eventually, right? So that's something that he even said when he took this job, he felt like things like that are a little bit are missing a little bit from the NFL because you see all the time players go from being on the practice squad in one place to a starter in another place, right? And so how do you develop players like that and how do you make sure you retain them? That's something that Matt Rule really wants to examine. And because the teams in the NFL this year are going to have expanded practice squads, that's something that the Panthers might be able to capitalize on. So that's something that he's thinking about in terms of how do you make sure you maximize everything and everybody that you have on this Panthers roster right now? Yeah, that's a great point. That really stood out to me as well. And I think the thing that stood out to me was not so much what he was saying, although he did provide a, a lot of great information. It was just, Miles, did you and and Will, did you guys pick up on how excited he seemed? He was doing the, the presser from the building. Of course, as I said, it was virtual still for all of the media, naturally. But you can just tell, I mean, he's a, a football guy and he was so excited to be back to to football even though it looks a lot different i think he used the word ecstatic and you know the fact that the staff is there and they've worked from home for so long and the players are now slowly but surely uh getting to to come in and and start the testing as it pertains to the vets but i just let you could just tell there was a difference in energy and will i don't know about you but i certainly feel that after working for i've never worked from home for this long so i definitely get where he's coming from where it's just like one step closer to to football yeah, I mean, I, I kind of wish I was in there with them, <laughs> you know, like the, same. You, you, you kind of you want to be, you know, I saw a bunch of tweets this week about the the um, the peach in Gaffney heading down to Spartanburg from the media. You know, all everyone was used to being down in in Wofford right now. Um, and I think that, you know, we all kind of miss a little bit of that camaraderie and about that excitement. You know, certainly the fans do as well that have always gone down to training camp. But 
you know, this is kind of the, the world that we're in. And you can tell, I mean, just being probably being out on that practice field, just running around, it, I'm sure feels so good for those guys. So you can tell that, you know, the coaches are coaches are ready. The players are ready. Um, and, and they're going to take uh, as much advantage of, you know, every opportunity, whether it's lifting weights, whether it's running sprints or doing plyos, you know, all of it's going to be uh, exciting for them, I'm sure. I agree. Yeah, a lot of nostalgic tweets about the peach on my timeline this week. Uh, but even though it is going to look a lot different this year, we are still on the cusp of training camp. So with that in mind, I want us each to give everyone listening one player to watch as we get ready for training camp. And it, we can take that however you want, whether it's someone that you think is going to have a great year, whether it's someone that you know fans may not know a lot about, however you want to interpret that. So Will, let's start with you. Who is your player to watch? Of course, I'm already going to cheat. So sorry, what? guys. <laughs> <laughs> so like, you know, I take that term watch and, you know, at training camp, it's hard to really see everybody because not everyone does the same amount of drills or the same things in, in live action that you can really tell. So I'm going to give you a player that you can actually watch in training camp and then a player's name that is going to be really important for the season. And I'll start with um, with Justin Burris. Uh, the safety position, you know, everyone's really, really been talking about Jeremy Chin, uh, the rookie draft pick, you know, how excited they are for him. And obviously you have Trey Boston back there. But I really think that Burris is going to be a really big part of the secondary. And it's going to be really interesting to see how he fits with those other guys and how important his role is going to be in this division where you're going up against Brady Breeze, Ryan, all of these great quarterbacks. Um, you know, and the, the corners that are covering these guys are only as good as the safety help that they have. So I, I think seeing how, how Burris is, you know, the veteran, you know, how he comes in, how he's going to be a part of the secondary, this defense, um, it's going to be really important. And then my other guy is, you know, everyone's talking about, you know, you have the Russell Okung, you have, um, you know, the rest of this offensive line that we, you know, maybe you have heard more about. Uh, but I, I want to look at Johnny Miller, who uh, was a, a veteran that signed, you know, used to be with the Bengals, came in. He's going to be really, really important to watch at that guard position um, because, I, you know, I think there's still probably some battles for who's going to win out uh, that, that guard spot after Greg Van Roten and Trey Turner um, were on the team last year, no longer with us. So I think that Miller is going to be a really interesting name that most people don't know yet, but I've heard the coaches talk about him a lot. Um, so I think he'll be someone to watch. All right. You did bend the rules on two players to watch, but uh, you made such good points that I can't fault you for it. Miles, who is your, I'm going to say one player to watch, but maybe two, maybe three. I don't know. Where are you going? Well, I don't know. I mean, Will broke the rules, so I feel like I almost, I almost feel like I should pick three players. Um, but I don't <laughs> I'll know pick four. We'll keep going. <laughs> no, um, I, there are a couple players that I, I do think are going to be really interesting, and I know this one's a little bit obvious, so I guess I'm going to break the rule and pick more than one player. But I think the first guy is Teddy Bridgewater. I, I think how does the quarterback really handle the offense after not having an offseason program? Can we Will we really be able to tell that he knows this offensive system? Matt Rule said this today that – when you have somebody like Teddy Bridgewater who is familiar with Joe Brady and the offensive system, it's almost like they can talk about level three and level four details of what this offense is and what it should be and what it can be. And you don't necessarily get that with somebody who would be unfamiliar with whatever the playbook would be 
had they not had that familiarity. So how does that translate into um, offensive production in practice? What does that look like once week one happens? And does that make it any different than what it would be um, under different circumstances? I mean, because look, at, at the bottom line is the, the Panthers did not have any offseason practice time. They did have a lot of virtual meetings, as did everybody else. Um, but what does that look like on Sundays? I think practice is going to be able to tell a little bit about that. And I'm also interested to see what these rookies look like, and especially Derek Brown. Uh, you know, it's kind of funny that you get a first-round pick, and he's number seven overall, and it almost seems like he's getting a little bit lost in the fray of everything that's going on, which kind of makes sense because we haven't really seen him out there on the practice field in the Panthers uniform. But once pads come on and once we really start to see what he can do, I think it's going to be fun to look at what he can do next to somebody uh, like KK, who apparently is as healthy as he can be. Yeah, it's a, that that's was a great players. point. <laughs> All right, look, I'm going to stick to one player for my player to watch. Guys, I want you to remember this name. You may not know much about him now. Christian McCaffrey. I think this guy is poised for big things in the league. All Who right. Is that? I'm, <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Um, I'm going to go. I'm going to take this question just a, a little bit differently than I think both of you did. I'm going to go with Eli Apple as my player to watch be- because I that's the player that I want to watch really just to see you know how he's going to do how he's going to fit into into Phil Snow's defense. Is he going to live up to those high expectations? I'm I'm really, really interested to see how he's going to pan out. He has a great opportunity to, to make a big impact at a position that the Panthers could really use some help with. And I'm excited to, to see what he's going to do in training camp. Um, you know, when... When they signed him, Phil Snow said, you know, he has he has the speed, he has the intangibles, and it's our job as a coaching staff to to help take him to the next level, to make sure that he puts all of that into action on the field. So I'm I'm excited to see what we're gonna get from Eli Apple. And of course that starts with training camp. So uh him and a you know, someone named Christian McCaffrey, those are those are my two if we're gonna go two. But speaking of Christian McCaffrey, uh the NFL top one hundred is being revealed this week. We know almost all of the players. We know the top 10. Uh, We know that CMC is in the top 10. We don't quite know where he is going to land on that list until tonight, but we will, of course, be covering that um, as that comes out. But you guys, uh, the both of you, have some thoughts about the NFL Top 100. And now look, as someone who's never worked for a team before, you know, I know the drill. The NFL Network releases the the yearly list. It's the Top 100 players, and it's as voted on by the players. Um, But you guys were like, we got to talk about this today. So, so Will, give me the inside scoop on on why you have a beef with this list. Look at you using the inside scoop. Oh, man. I know. I was just going to point that uh, out. Look, it's cross-promotion. You can check it out. Panthers.com, search Inside Scoop. Talk about brand synergy. (laughs) So, all right. It was an accident, I promise. Yeah, okay. So I saw this tweet uh, this morning, and, like, it kind of, like, jogged uh, jogged my memory about this because I haven't been doing this uh, for at least two years. But it was from – let me look real quick. Darius Butler. And they were talking about, like, if only the fans knew how the players actually vote on this. Because you, you get all this conversation and chatter, which, of course, is what we all want to do in July and August uh, before a season, you know, is, is argue about where people are ranked. But really, the way this works is there's a blank piece of paper with a hundred lines on it. 
and they're just handed to players as they're sitting at their locker. And it's like, hey, can you just write down your top 100 players and then hand this back in? You know, it's not like these guys are sitting in front of a computer and looking up stats and, you know, really comparing, you know, who are the top, you know, tackles and guards versus defensive ends and really seeing how they compare, looking at, you know, deep uh, analytical models and all this stuff. They literally fill out maybe their favorite top 10 or 15 players. Oh, man, that guy had a great year. You know, this guy's having a great year. You know, this guy's elite. And they just put that down. And then for the most part, they don't even touch 20 to 100. They just kind of turn it back in. So I don't even know how those numbers really get filled out. Some guys will just put people that they know or they played with and just fill out random names that they can remember. But like when you talk about why a guy isn't, you know, why Carson Wentz is not in the 100 or why Tom Brady, who, you know, last year ranked 17th in passer rating was still 14th overall. Like, it's just because of these Tom Brady and these guys don't, they're not looking at this stuff. They're not really spending a lot of time with it. So anyway, that's kind of how it happens. And I think that gives a little more insight into why these things are so wonky. I did not know that. I have to be honest. Uh, Miles, you sit, now we, we have a group text chain and you were chiming in too. So do you have the same gripes uh, as Will does? Does this match with, with your experience? It's really all, because I didn't know this. Well, Kristen is just uh, pulling out all of the different names of Panthers-related podcasts. No, I'm just kidding. Um, so what happens, I think, is exactly what Will just said, right? It's it's a weird process, first of all. And I don't think that it is something that is taken all that seriously. And, I mean, look, that's why you get so much fluctuation between one year to the next. And it's, it is based off of what guys see on the field and what they do and la, la, la. But I just... I don't know. I, I'm i just so drained of that kind of thing. Like, oh, yes, top 100. It's so nice. It's just, I, I don't know. There are a lot of things that, like, I really, really love about football, and I love about covering football, and the top 100 is just not one of them. I just don't... I don't think it really matters very much, and I don't think that people care all that much about it. But, you know, at the same time, I guess it's kind of cool. It's nice. It's nice to have a player that co that plays for the team you cover in the top ten. It makes your life more interesting. That is for sure. But does it really matter in terms of like awards and stuff like that and accolades? I don't know that it matters all that much. Well, here's a question we, in term. Go ahead, Will. No, I was going to say we found another thing alongside fireworks that that Miles hates. I, I think that's <laughs> just like we're just going to try to find something every week that like really gets him going. You know this what really, really grinds Miles' gears? That's a really easy thing to do, just find things that I don't like. like that's, that's, that is not hard. <laughs> well, but I think that the exercise in and of itself could be better. I mean, I think it's a relatively interesting thing to try to compare a safety to a running back and try to compare you know, a quarterback to a defensive lineman and who overall is just a – you know, gets a better overall rating. And I think that there's so many things as we talked about last week, you know, with these advanced stats that it, I think it's a really interesting, long potential process and a fun process to try to do. It just is, it shouldn't be for like players sitting at their locker that don't, that are just sitting there, you know, like they're, they're not in front of a computer. They don't have time to really look all this stuff up. I, I think that what the NFL did for their NFL 100 last year, when they really were looking at all these things and, trying to evaluate and create these top lists of, you know, all time this and all time that I think those were really interesting. And I think the process behind it 
was pretty sound. Um, and I think they could, you know, rethink how this works and, you know, maybe have more uh, analytical data behind it. Yes, the NFL All 100 team that they and those specials that they had with Rich Eisen and Chris Collinsworth and Bill Belichick, like those were really, really, really good. And I agree. Well, you could tell the thought that was put into those things. Um, and yeah, if maybe I, I don't know how viable that is to do every single year, but if you were doing it more like that, then I think it would be more enjoyable. So my question is, and Miles, I'll start with you on this. Knowing now a little bit more about it, um, do you think the players care? Because on the one hand, they know how it's done, right? They know how you get a blank sheet of paper. Um, they probably know that, look, it's, it's not a huge slight if I'm, if I'm not mentioned or whatnot. But then on the other hand, I think all of us would go to the mat if someone said, oh, Christian McCaffrey's not top 10. So do you think they care knowing how this process goes down if they're not where they think they should be? Uh, I think it depends on the guy, honestly. And it, it's hard to say from the perspective of what the Panthers locker room would be, but in past locker rooms that I've been in and been around, like, I don't, I don't, I really think it depends on the guy. Like Aaron Donald, I think knows how good he is. Aaron Donald is another one of these guys that's in the top 10 again. And he was, he's been regarded as one of the best players in the league for years and years and years. But I don't think that's something he really cares all that much about. I think he knows that he is as good as he is and you know he just is going to go out and continue to be as dominant a force as possible um but yeah i don't i don't know i think it probably depends on the guy from what i know about christian mccaffrey i think that there would be a part of him that says okay yes this is nice to be acknowledged but at the same time it's not it's not winning a ring it's not winning mvp it's it's almost an award that you should have gotten back in like january or february right when all of the rest of these things were coming out because now as we sit here in 2020 on july 29th as we record this it, it's more about the 2020 season than it is about 2019. And this really is a recognition of what he's done in the 2019 season. So it's interesting. I, I, I don't know. I don't know exactly. Uh, and that's not a good uh, radio answer, but that's the answer that I've got. I love that you said depends on the guy, which is like incredibly nuanced and incredibly right. And I was like, you know what, darn it, that's a good answer. Of course it depends on the guy. It's not all players feel a certain way. Gosh, darn it. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) I am excited to see uh, where CMC lands on the list, and I will be checking Panthers.com. Look at all those plugs I've done in the last 10 minutes for Panthers.com. I'll be checking Panthers.com, and, you know, maybe while I'm there, I'll uh, check out Inside Scoop, Will. I don't know. Maybe I'll do it. Um, <laughs> but I want to to end, as we always do, on our weird question of the week. So I was sitting here thinking and, and following all of the news. There's a lot of discussions this week about bubbles and, and no bubbles. I've seen the NBA bubble, the NHL bubble. And of course, the NFL is not going to be in the bubble. But it did get me thinking. If you were going to be stuck in a bubble for the NFL season... Miles, I want to start with you. What is the one thing you would have to have with you? Like, you can't go anywhere else. You cannot live without this thing. What are you bringing with you? I feel like my life is already like this. Uh, do I, my That's laptop, fair. That's fair. My phone. Well, don't say no toothbrush, uh, no laptop, anything like that. <laughs> I know. Um, my, no, my, it would be a Bluetooth speaker, probably. Because, uh, yeah, I like music. I need to have music especially like when I'm working, 
Um, I like to write to Stevie Wonder albums. There's like a string of five albums that he had in the 70s that are pretty much make him the greatest songwriter of all time. And I will fight people on that. Um, So that would be what I would need. I would need to have a Bluetooth speaker and uh, at least some device, whether it's my phone or not, that could play Stevie Wonder albums. I like it. I like it. Good choice. Uh, Will, what about you? What's the one thing that you couldn't live without if you were stuck in a bubble for the season? You're, Miles, you're really going to put Stevie Wonder over Taylor Swift's folklore debut that just came out that's the greatest thing that's ever happened in a bubble or in a pandemic? Come on. Will, I appreciate you saying that. Will knows how much I love Taylor Swift, and so does Miles. I wasn't going to say it because Miles did say he would fight people, so I was going to leave that one alone. Um, But (laughs) I'm with Will on this one. Uh, Will, I'll let you take the fight there. Okay. And the reason that I'm willing to take this fight is because the one thing I'm going to keep are my dumbbells, which I've had to procure one at a time from Amazon as, as like, throughout this pandemic because you can never actually buy two dumbbells at the same time i don't know if i you haven't even seen that. one i haven't even seen yeah, one exactly i i got lucky to find one so they're not exactly the same they're relatively close but they're definitely different brands but yeah i i spend most of my day when i'm on these like zoom meetings or these you know, these microsoft teams meetings just like turning my video off and doing random things with my dumbbells and then coming back on and like saying two things and then going back to doing like shoulder presses and stuff Oh my God. I pray that one day you accidentally leave your video on and I am on that Zoom meeting because I will hit the record button so fast that video will go up on Twitter. I'm, I'm hoping this happens at some point. Will is it, avoiding it the quarantine has. 15. <laughs> That's I the problem. I'm not sure if I've, if I've avoided it or not. I'm, I'm trying to like make it not quarantine 25. <laughs> I may or may not have ordered an exercise bike from my uh, apartment, so we can see how that goes. Oh, that's good to know. I was looking into a rower the other day. We're all like, I, I, who would have thought it would be so hard to get dumbbells? I was just looking the other day. I try to check in like once a month to see if I'm like, oh, are weights available now? Nope, still not. So, Will, I'm jealous. It's hard to get this stupid bike too, man. <laughs> all right. Uh, you guys have picked... Uh, Pretty, pretty reasonable stuff. Um, Miles is going to be, you know, making sure that he can continue his writing. Will is going to make sure his muscles keep growing. Um, I'm going to go, I don't know if this is boring or just so weird, but the first thing I thought of, and I've traveled so much over the last three years, um, as I know you guys have, the one thing that I could not live without, lint roller. Lint roller. Like, I... I have to have one. I just, I wear a lot of black, wear a lot of dark colors. And I just think there is nothing worse. If I walk out of the house or say I'm, you know, we're in the bubble, whatever I see people and I've got just like fuzz all over my clothes. Like nothing makes me feel worse. I'm like Drake at a Raptors game, just lint rolling all the time. I love a lint roller. I don't want to go anywhere without them. I, I just, I have to have it. That'd be the thing that I would be so upset if it didn't make it with me to the bubble. Is that weird? A lint roller like that is that is a very interesting inanimate object that I just you know I don't uh, own one I think I don't know oh that's a problem that's a problem it probably is but you know what I also haven't really worn clothes like real clothes whoa 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 this is a g-rated podcast I know, I gotta hit pause, right? That's not what I meant. I mean, like, I've, I've not really worn anything other than, like, gym clothes and pajamas, there we go, since March. Aside from the times that I flew, 
uh, across the country. There, I put on jeans because, as Larry David will tell you, like you don't you don't wear shorts on a plane. You know, you just don't really want to do that. That's nobody wants to see your legs, and that's just kind of weird. You know, so I agree and I adhere to that uh, restriction. Well, thank you, thank you. Well, I don't know. Super weird. Scale of one to ten. Weirdness of my answer. Eh, I I can see it. I do own a lint roller unlike miles um i haven't used it all that much but i i do own it i mean it's every once in a while i have to i just like take my hand and just like lick it and just like oh what stab it myself <laughs> <laughs> i don't know miles isn't wearing clothes will is licking his hand to get to i don't okay um i feel a little it's bit like better I don't know if, uh, exactly Maybe I should try that sometime the next time I'm without my lint roller. I'll keep that in mind. Uh, well, guys, what better place to end it than than right there with Will saying that's how he gets the lint off his clothes. Um, thank you both. Thank you, everyone, for listening to us. That is going to do it for us this week. But we'll talk to you again next week on the Happy Half Hour podcast. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bop Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club.